Hi, my name is Oliver Giorgio. I voice Finnick Fleetfoot on Caverns and Comedians. Please go out to iTunes and download our episodes and rate and review on iTunes because uh, we need that to reach a wider audience. Uh, if you're tweeting at us, please do it at CavernsPod and also uh, hashtag CavernsPod if you're tweeting something not directly at us because we want to know if you're talking about us. Um, yeah. Enjoy. Can you do a second one where you apologize for your Irish accent? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Welcome to Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto comedians. After a battle with city guards in the sewers, the party goes to meet with Coney and find only his illusory assistant to greet them. I'll be taking the eyes on behalf of my boss. We'd, we'd like to talk to Coney right now. He's not taking guests. Well, I guess he's not taking the item either. Hello, my name is Fook. Hello, I've heard so much about you. I've heard nothing about you. Wait, we've met, have we? I think so. Did we have sex? No, I... I can't. Oh, how horrible. Um, circling around back to business, uh, there has been some things that have come to light that have really changed our arrangement with Mr. Wetbottom, and we'd really like to discuss those issues. Yes, you're an incredible liability now. I mean, that's one way to look at it. The other way is that our danger pay should perhaps increase because the city is after us. And we'd like to meet the death robot. We also would like to meet a robot. Yes, we know about the death robot. Thanks for putting that up there. Well, I wasn't going to say anything, but maybe you do need to talk to the boss. It's just... No one can reach him when he's like this. Like what? Yes, how is he like? Maybe you should go to the pennant race and bring him some coffee. Oh, he's at the bar. He's been there all night. I think that's a very good idea. Fine, let's go to the pennant race. Guys, we're going to get to meet the other Coney, remember? They said that he was like all happy and joyful and like a party animal when he's drunk. I'm going to warn you, just give him the eyes, please. Just give him the eyes. I mean... It's our intent. Like He doesn't threaten people when he's drunk. You know that, right? Well, it's not my intent if he's building a death robot. I mean, the city is building a death us right now. Let's just go us. talk to Coney at the pennant race. Did you want to buy a lava lamp? No. Ooh, how much? No, Seven no. Seven gold. No, Ooh, let's no. negotiate. No, no. <laughs> Fook, come Moldar on. drags Fook out of the store. You return to the pennant race. It's uh, doing the math. It is late in the day. Uh, So it's busy and bustling. You see John behind the bar. You see his idiot assistant bartender. You see the regal blonde waitress. You see the diminutive dwarven dark-haired waitress. Uh, The regulars are still lined up at the end of the bar, except for Frazier is not there. Hello, John. Hey, Agata. It's good to see you. You, uh, You're looking well. You've been getting a tan. I have. Thank you for noticing. That may be the poop staining. Oh, no, I'm clean now. Oh, good. Jeez. I, I don't know when you had a chance to get a tan. We have spent a very large portion of our time underground in the last shh, couple days. Shh. Hey, Maldar. Hey. Just because you always have a tan doesn't mean you need to rain on other people's parades. Very wise. Yeah. Can I have my usual high chair? Sure thing. Sure thing, buddy. You see at the opposite corner, kind of in the dark, slumped over a table, the shape of Coney Wetbottom. Oh, he does seem lively. Yeah, he, he seems... I, I thought you said that when he was drunk, he was he was a party animal. He seems um, sullen right now. There are levels of drunk. There's uh, there's tipsy. There's flirty. 
There. Hi. Finnick jumps up and grabs the wink in mid <laughs> midair. There's fighty. There's singing. And then there's reflection. Is there murdery? Because that would explain a lot. Well, I had fighty. I uh, well, I yes. Thought I, I guess. When a when a drunken man looks into himself, he sees the darkness that is deep within us all. Agata walks up to where Coney's sitting and sits beside him. Hey, you look down. Finnick uh, goes up to the opposite side of the table from Coney, slams his hand down, says, You've got some answering to do. Do you have the eyes? We're not giving you anything until you tell us what's what. Come on, spill the beans. What she said. Oh, don't make a mess of beans. They're useful and delicious. Oh, sounds like they're coming up. Fook, grab the bag. Don't let him puke into the bag. Particularly since the glasses are in the bag. Oh, good point. Don't tell him where the glasses are. Oh, the glasses are not in the bag. Cody reaches into an inside pocket, pulls out a little flask, takes a swig. Should you bring outside drinks in? Yeah, yeah does Jam allow that? Uh, there's a sign, man. Yeah, there's a sign right there. No outside drinks. Coney is able to straighten up. His hands stop shaking. His back straightens. Oh, here comes the lively version. He looks coldly and calculatedly into the eyes of Fook. Give me what's in the bag. You're not getting anything until we know what you're doing with this robot. Are you hitting on me? He raises his hand and makes a spinning motion with his upturned index finger, and you see light begin to emerge from it. Your vision is clouded. Those of you who are magic attuned may witness the somatic motions associated with the spell weird. Agata, suddenly the world around you gets very small. What seemed like a large, empty bar is now just the four walls have closed in on you. They're moving in at you with it at a rate like they're running towards you. They seem to keep running, even though you think they can't get any closer and the walls around you are getting so close. You can't move. You can barely open your chest to breathe and still the walls appear to be moving ever further in on you. Fook, you see the skin of your hands begin to uh, show spots and grow wrinkly. Your knees hurt. Your hips hurt. Your breathing is a little is a little belabored. Uh, you get the sense that you have arthritis all of a sudden. Uh, your memory stays the same. You look desperately into a mirror, and you see an aged, decrepit face of one who has to be hundreds of years old. Oh no, I feel weeks older! Finnick, suddenly you lose control over your entire body and collapse in a heap. No matter how hard you struggle, you cannot make any of your limbs respond. Your head will not lift. You are completely and utterly paralyzed. Mulder. Mulder, suddenly you see everybody. Their hair suddenly sweeps upwards. Everyone around you suddenly has an updo haircut. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. Everyone's got an updo. There seems to be hints of cobwebs and rattles of snakes. Each and every one could be hiding a spider snake. A spider with snakes for legs. Oh no, oh God. I thought you liked spiders. Not spider snakes, it's different. John walks up to you, hey, what seems to be the problem here? (laughs) And his hair is higher than anybody else's. (laughs) Uh, So you are now seeing all of your deepest, darkest fears. For a moment, they are suspended. As Coney returns to your vision, any questions? Why are you being such an asshole? Another twist of his fingers and suddenly the walls close in on you again. Oh! Maldar pulls out his daggers and starts trying to cut off people's hair. 
Just a shave. Just a quick shave off the top. Don't you dare touch me with that. Like, I have one question. Fook runs. You, oh, that was not good for your ankles. Uh, oh, damn it. Maybe if you had a walker, one that had like tennis balls on the bottom, you'd be able to get somewhere. A rascal would really help you at this point. Someone carry me. Coney twists his finger yet again, and these visions of absolute terror disperse. Mulder. Any questions? Mulder drops to the ground in the fetal position. Oh, God. All the updos. Everywhere. Finnick rockets to the ceiling and crawls around everywhere, just like testing his agility in every way that he can. Shall we conduct our business upstairs? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him, give him whatever he wants. Yes, let's go upstairs. Fook, as he moves towards the stairs, is going to try desperately to sleight of hand the bag of holding into the waitress's belt. I'll take that. Careful, there's a lot of poop in it. Coney looks into the bag of poop and says, How can you cast weird? (laughs) It came installed in my anus. (laughs) Upstairs. Now, if only I had an economy size, press the digitation wand. (laughs) So you walk up the stairs. Um, Coney is frantically, without looking, trying to cast prejudication in the bag. Uh, But because the magic is not going to work, he's going to have to actually dump this out. And as he brings you up into a room that he has a special key for. There's an opulent suite for Coney Wetbottom at the pennant race. He dumps out the contents of the bag of holding and frantically prestidigitates away all of your precious saved poop. As your employees, can we use this room sometimes? That depends on what you mean by use. If you're wanting to use me, perhaps after we conduct our business, we can come to some arrangement. Are you coming on to me again? Yes. Ew. What? I thought, thought you were sending out vibes. Oh, no, not towards you. Well, let's keep this professional. I think that's the first person Fook has not tried to have sex with. I feel like that's the first time that we've seen Coney be weak. I think it's very weird for you to come on to someone you just threatened with the worst nightmare. Yes, maybe I should seduce him. You're a terrible person. I'm immune to disease. Oh, no, I can't do it. So Coney takes the tongs, takes the eyes and Wait, places... Wait, what did those do? The eyes? The, no, the tongs. We never figured that out. They just allow you to... Move the eyes without becoming bonded to them. I thought that was very evident. Oh, that's a letdown. And also, you can pick up hot steaks on the barbecue. So you spent, like, weeks of your life making tongs just for this? I didn't make the tongs. They come as a set. Oh. Yes, no. these are ancient, ancient, ancient. Now, remember when I got shocked trying to pick up the eyes and then yes. they picked up with, with the tongs? I just thought they'd be useful for something else as well. Yeah, well, you like can flipping burgers. And picking up magical objects that would otherwise bond to you. Hmm. I've been using them as a back scratcher when you guys go to bed. Oh, I wouldn't touch those tongs. Press the digitate. Press the digitate. It won't come (laughs) off. It won't come off. All right. I think we probably have some things to discuss. If it's about the the, uh, magazines that you found in that bag, uh, those people are all over the age of 18. Yes, I, I cannot see why anyone would. He also puts the bag down... Very deliberately over a stack of magazines you couldn't quite see on his uh, on his coffee table. Right. So I've been hearing things about you. The city is after you. We've been hearing things about you as well. Yes. I am building something. A death robot, yes. I wouldn't call it a giant death robot. More like an oh, enlarged, didn't... battle-ready homunculus. I didn't say giant. I am doing this for the good of all. This city is rotten to the core. My family was once upon the Metropolitan Mage Council, but the council chafed the control of the larger empire. So the council was combined, with the surrounding councils of merchants and tinkerers, laborers, etc., etc. There are a bunch of them, each of them less important than the mages. But the merchants managed to usurp control of city council. 
installing the Fort family, displacing us, the tinkerers and the artists. Sure, we were an entrenched elite, but we were uninterested in telling people how to live. We just wanted to build our towers and be left alone. The artists could create their art, the tinkerers could tink, or whatever they do, etc. But the merchants needed control. And the six merchants family destroyed our mage towers. The Wet Bottom Tower was once the greatest in all of the city. Wait, 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 wait. So you're on the side of tinkerers? Yes. Well, as I don't gnome, care. I'm kind of on your side. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care. You tink away. Yeah, tink- Suddenly tink- you're tink- sexy. Tinker is an artist. That's that's not so bad. Yeah, keep, do what you want. Keep in mind that See, we came to you as opposed to going anywhere else with the eyes. I first, just, I just need them, and you were standoffish. I don't know why. Yeah, why didn't you just give them? Well, to no, them? we we could have gone somewhere else. Oh, so keep in mind that we standoffish with everyone. We yeah. deliberately came to you. Yes, I have heard about the murders. Oh, that's that's him. That's, that's him. mostly Maldar. It's not. I mean... It's mostly Maldar. It's going to be very difficult to use your services in the future. It is mostly you. He is right. It's but not... you basically want revenge. Is what, is that what you, That's what you're saying to us. You basically want revenge against the family, so you're building a robot to kill people. Really, do you think we want to be involved in this? Yeah, I don't we, think we were so. kind of hoping for a more altruistic kind of goal, you know, because we're the good guys. Well, actually, has this city actually been good to us? Not lately. Uh, yes. And how many innocent people have you killed? Innocent is a complex word well, um, with a variety of meanings. I am a vengeance paladin. To be fair, that was him, she points to Moldar. They're not on me. Okay, seem to not. remember oh. the police report registered a guiding bolt as the first blow in a combat. That's because they were threatening. I was protecting that, myself. Look, look, we can go back so, and, and check and their our, children. my diary. There were, you threw the first punch on you that. You keep sucker. a diary? Yeah. What do you say in it? I say, well, I open. With Dear Diary. Okay. And I close with, I'll write to you tomorrow. You talk to your diary as if it's a person? Signed, Maldar. I'm no hero, but I do want the bad guys out of the picture. I want my city back. I want to rebuild my family's tower and the rest, whatever. I don't care what the artists do. They can do whatever they want, so long as they're not telling me what to do. The assholes. Question. What makes you the good guy and them the bad guys? Because... It's not clear from where I'm sitting. That's kind of the point of this whole speech I had prepared for just this eventuality of moral ambiguity and the and the cost of what we need to do. You have a speech prepared for us? Look, to, well, will there be thousands of lives lost if the giant death rob- the homunculus goes? Yes, probably. Or not. I don't care. Okay, you lost me there. Look, there's one giant homun- death homunculus incident and it's a tragedy and everybody has to tell each other how much they care about it right away but then they'll point out oh there was a golem massacre and why aren't you caring about the deaths of the dwarven children you don't care about them do they do you know how many children die of cancer every day can't we just have a do petition you, what no well a petition maybe oh. a sit-in is this your speech because it sounds like an improvised rant well you never care about the deaths of people because you can't actually do anything about the deaths of thousands and thousands of people every day that matter just as much and have families. You don't care about the innocent, not unless you can tell someone about it, not unless you can make it about you. I do care. I'm a paladin. Granted, I'm a vengeance paladin. It really seems like you're kind of slurring some of those words together, so I'm just going to I'm gonna grab these. Mulder reaches and grabs the cue cards that he had in front of him for the speech and just starts flipping through them. Yes, uh, it's basically it's basically about the... Uh, about the meaning of a thousands of people dying at a giant death robot, and versus the ineffabi- the inevitability of tragedy, beautiful things about the time he visited a child, a juvenile oncology ward, and made friends with a small boy named Eric, and read to him every day, and then Eric didn't make it. And no matter what magic could do, that could never change it. But he can make the world better. And yes, people are going to die, but people die every day. Wait, what didn't Eric make? 
he died. The, the, the poor cancer Ooh. boy died. Yes, leukemia. Yeah. Ooh. I, I mean, I'm I, immune to that. I, I found that story very moving, um, but I, I'm not sure how it necessarily plays into the overall plan because even though some will die in this event, each of those deaths will themselves be a tragedy to the families and oh, loved did, ones. Oh, did you get to the part about the when we roast in the maw of the giant beast that they will raise? Well, I'm still wondering why a cleric didn't just cure him of that disease. Well, there are some limits to what a cleric can do. Like, certain diseases are immune to magic. Well, apparently um, uh, clerics don't necessarily always know that they have cure disease in their lay hands. Granted, I'm a paladin. I'm the cleric. By well, the way, you don't it, have it, but paladins do. Is so, it feeling itchy again? No, it's not. I'm just still hung up on that. Well, it's an image I'm not getting out of my head anytime soon either. I think we all have a problem with the fact that um, you want to kill thousands of innocent people. I, I, well, okay. Three of us have a problem I'm with trying, that. I'm trying to make it clear that I don't care about the deaths of innocent people so long as the greater evil is destroyed. I feel like that's kind of how we have been going about our business. Yes, but not thousands of people, men, women, yes, and the, children. The scale doesn't matter, really. T- to be clear, we kill people by accident. Yes, and I think the scale does matter very, very much. Right. It does very, very much. Are we much. glossing over the raising of the giant beast who will swallow us in its flaming maw? Yes, that. Let's not do that. That's not no. the death robot? No. Is that a no. different beast? That's, that's, remember I keep saying there's a greater evil. Yes. So is the, is the death robot like kind of like the, the Godzilla to the Mothra kind no. of thing? I thought that was a metaphor. I would not take the decision to create the homunculus to destroy the center of the city lightly. I would not take the decision to... Inside check. You generally think he's probably on telling his truth. Look, County, if you're going to want us to keep helping you to create this homunculus to fight the greater evil, you're going to have to A, convince us that the greater evil is more evil, and B... Try to minimize the damage. Like I, I can deal with a couple people getting killed here and there, but thousands is a lot. Also, try to minimize the damage to us. Oh, I that mean, too. You're very yeah. standoffish. Also, you've run out of pretzels. Plus, you're the guy who gave us our worst nightmares. We're kind of not, you know, inclined to trust you and all. He raises his middle finger again. No, 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 no. Point, no, point. No. You're going to do that? You think that encourages trust? I'm building a giant death robot. I'm that kind of person. Remember that about me when you were talking to me. All right, you want to know why there's a greater evil. And the pretzels. The pretzels, you can just, if you, I'll wait for you to go down and get more pretzels. They're complimentary. They're on the house. Just a second. Okay. And in the meantime, put that finger away. Yeah, I don't like following someone who just intimidates us. Like, why don't you try getting us on your side? Oh, well, that's an interesting way to deal with people. If only someone tried to get people on their side instead of intimidating them and brandishing weapons in front of them before they have any chance to speak. How do you know any of that? I know things. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you clearly don't know that you can get more bees with honey than with vinegar. Again, again, how black is the kettle? How black is the pot? Good news, they had trail mix. Oh, ooh, ooh, I love that stuff. Coney seems lost in the trail mix. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The city of Trudeau is relatively new in this world. You must know that. We're only about a thousand years old. Oh, yeah, we were all around for that. Here's a pamphlet. It explains the history on a very basic level. Long story short, there was once another civilization that lived here, and some rather unsavory types, worshipping a dark lord, rose a beast that swallowed the previous city whole, and it was only through great intervention 
of divine beings that it was able to be stopped and sealed away. That evil power resonates to this day and is fed upon by certain dark cults. So does that explain Moldar? No, I'm completely unrelated. I am involved in a different demonic thing. That's not what I've heard. Ooh. Ooh. Or is it? Ooh. Am I fucking with you? Am I fucking with you? Okay, I pull up my with... finger. Hey, oh. hey, put the finger away. I'm feeling very comfortable away. here. The finger is away. I've had a lot to drink. Don't tease with that. I have a very tragic backstory that I am not going to go into right now. But that, if that is, if this is, who that would be. Actually, I found that charming. That was that was playful. It was cute. Well, it's traumatic for me if you know about some things that happened to my mom before I was born. Right. Moving along, the people currently in charge of the city. The reason they took power was to raise the beast. Ooh. To gain control over the empire. For this beast will feed upon us all and burn its way through the world. Probably. So why would they want to raise it if it will burn everything? To rebuild the new in the ashes. And so your death robot will take out this monster oh, by being no. a bigger monster. No, 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 no. That, that will just prevent them from raising it. I, I very much doubt I could stop this monster once it's raised. Hmm. Maldar slips a book out of his bag, opens it, and begins writing. Dear Diary, I've had a lot to think about today. There's been a lot of revelations, a lot of tease revelations. Must you say it out loud? Yes, are we supposed to just stand here while you do this? Oh, you guys can continue. Are those pressed flowers? Well, yeah, they really give it a a little bit of something, you know? Agata slaps his book closed. Focus. Focus. Don't write. You can do this later. This really helps me organize my thoughts. Perhaps the presence of a death robot would be enough to cause people to rethink things without innocent people dying. Well, maybe somebody could evacuate. That's not my problem. Oh, let's do that. I mean, you could ask an evacuation order. That would be good. Okay. From the city? Yeah. Or, you Excuse know. me, I'm going to be attacking with a giant death robot. Can we schedule this in Saturday? Is that what you're suggesting? Perhaps a death robot could kill one person who happens to be a multiple murderer who's sitting in this room. Don't send a death robot after me. Oh, that would just be a tiny little thing. Yes, but at least it would show that this death robot meant business. Is there a way that you could... Okay, so how is the death robot going to exactly prevent this rising of this monster by taking out the people in power? Yes, of course, yes. I thought that was obvious. Is there a way we could do that without killing thousands of people? I think we could. I think... I don't know. I think we, we could, could go do on a mission. this. We, we could, could go, go on a mission. mission. We could sneak in and We're just kill the Ford family. We could do that. There's so many sunflower seeds in here. Why do people do that? Is is he face palming? Is 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 Coney face palming? Coney's right palm. Coney's face is so far into its palm, you think it's never coming out again. Don't think I haven't tried everything. Don't think I haven't hired people much more powerful and capable than you. If you think I'm using you because you're the best options available, that is either dangerously stupid or enchantingly ca- cocky. But uh, first, what happens to all of them? Second, stop hogging the M&Ms. Fine, you can have the yellow ones. I don't like them anyways. Perhaps I have other teams outgoing for uh, things. I mean, I couldn't build this all with just one team of people who seem to spend most of their time murdering unionized city employees. No, no, no. This is a negotiation tactic. We're the only people you have. Oh, how do we know everything you're saying is true? Yeah, what Fook said. All right. Perhaps you'd like to see the book. 
Ooh, yes. Uh, we already were privy to his diary. He's drawn many pictures of himself naked. So Coney goes to... Oh, we're just skipping over that. Yes, well, I mean, we are just skipping over that. Coney goes to a closet door, makes a little hand gesture. You don't quite see because he's got his back to you. And the door opens and there is a bookcase behind it. Uh, he pulls out one of the books and one of the bookcase swivels back, revealing another bookcase. And that bookcase, he opens from the middle. It's a false front. There is a single book on a pedestal. He takes the tongs that he used to handle the eyes and brings the book out all of you hear you can't tell whether it's a sound you hear in the room or a sound within your mind but distant screaming of a thousand people dying it, it sounds like i'm sleeping it sounds like a dream right now how much have you been paying for this hotel room oh i did some work for john oh well yes you've customized it this is the tome of the unspeakable this is the last surviving record of the original inhabitants of this place. So what can you tell us about it? Well, I can feel evil coming off of it. He places it down. He uses the tongs to open one of the, of the pages. At first, it seems to be almost uh, a church record, like a normal like register of birth and deaths. Uh, there's like important goings on. Uh, Tom won first place in the pie contest. Jones... Pig was the biggest. As he leaves through the pages, there's generations of happy, wonderful people going about their lives, deaths, births, weddings. And then on about the 450th page... Oh, thank God, that was a lot of pages. You didn't have to see every page. I mean, Well, then why did we? Because if I open, move this any further, the evil will t take us. And at the 450th page, there's an entry, Invasion. You can't quite make it out because it seems to be furiously written in. They have come. They are burning. It is rising. The screams. The screams. And why do they keep on writing the screams, the screams, as opposed to just running away? There is... Yes, leave. There's 30 pages of the screams written over and over again. Have you guys noticed that... Uh... Every prophetic verse seems to be written in such a vague descriptor as to be practically useless. On the last page, there's a drawing. From a, It seems as though you're looking from above. There's burned out houses. It's like a charcoal drawing of destroyed houses. And from what appears to be a sinkhole in the midst of all of them is a, are 13 rings of teeth and fire belching from within. Wait, I, I recognize those landmarks. Isn't that near your apartment? Um, yeah, actually. That, that's my neighborhood. I recognize that tower there. And Did you shack. ever wonder why the burrow became scarred? I Ooh. actually hadn't. I thought it was mostly just a, a name that it got for being kind of kind of a. Uh, Have crappy. you ever wondered why only sadness and failure comes from that area? Just assumed it was because Maldar was there. That that was actually a really mean thing to say. Maldar, you said that the screams sounded like you sleeping. Yeah, I hear. That means yeah, you always I hear, hear screams like that when I sleep. Yes, you hear in your house. Screams. Yeah, at night, dreaming. You know, sleep. I hear screams. Yes, so I, I did hear them as well. That one time I slept in his apartment, I. These screams. They, they seem very similar, yeah, but the same. You should never return to your apartment. But I left some things there. I assumed it was just echoes of people who'd gone to his apartment. I had some notes. Look at the houses around it. Are those your direct neighbors? I mean, it, it looks like it's a drawing from thousands and thousands of years ago. Uh, but the natural geography and art 
general area look kind of similar, yeah. To be fair, your place looks like it hasn't been cleaned in thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Oh, and that hotel is still the same by the looks of it. Yeah, that one's been there for a while. I recommend that you take a close look. Agata trying to rack her brain about anything she remembers of the history of the time that this book records. She will know that there she knows nothing about it because there are no records. The existence of this record would change our understanding of that time greatly. Maldar peers deep into the picture, trying to investigate it, trying to figure out anything about it. In great detail that you wouldn't normally associate with something like this, inside one of the burned-out houses, there's a figure, a demonic-looking figure, that bears striking resemblance to Maldar. Okay, uh... I just want to set... I know there's a guy who looks like me in this picture. Uh, I just want to set the record plate. I'm 35. Uh, I'm not thousands of years old. Well, it looks a lot more like you than those nude pictures in your diary. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still emerging as an artist. And so I'm just saying you're I'm, terrible I'm at defining, it. I'm How defining long my skills. have you lived in that apartment? Did your mother live there? No. No, my mother didn't live there. She... I mean, we lived in the scarred, like out east of the scarred boroughs, but I mean, I've only been there for a couple of years since I moved to town. Do you remember being young? Yeah, I definitely remember being young. I have some research to do. Perhaps some trinkets for you. Ooh. Everybody likes trinkets. It makes you stop asking questions. Um, Keep... I was also wondering, um, while you've got the bookcases open, I noticed you had the last of, of Harry's detective novel. It's a signed copy. I won't I'm be just, I just, number nine, I could, I'll bring him back. Number I, nine? He's a murderer. I wouldn't trust him. It's a detective book. I it's kind of my thing. I really like mysteries. You can buy one. Oh. Now, you did bring me the eyes, even though you didn't want to give it to me, but I am an honorable man. Oh, just a warning, these aren't actually raisins. Not sure what they are. He reaches into a sack that he had by the door, pulls out an ever-smoking bottle, it's like a very large potion bottle. Uh, smoke is coming out of the stopper. It's brass. weighs about a pound. If you were to remove this stopper, smoke would pop out about 60 feet. That's just the sort of thing that could cause a young boy to get cancer, really. Secondhand a smoke, single I mean... tear starts going down Coney's eyes as he continues, otherwise unmoved. As long as you hold the bottle open, the cloud will be there. And as you close it, it will disperse after 10 minutes. I thought you'd be interested in that. It's wondrous. There's nothing else like it in the world. But if that's not good enough for you, I don't know what is. Well, we just feel that our lungs are important. Uh, he pulls out uh, a glass jar about three inches in diameter. This contains a thick moisture. You can smell hints of aloe from it. Now, if you were to put this on the skin, the creature who receives its ointment will be cured of any poison, cured of any disease, and restored to life. Oh, you really buried the restored to life at the end. Well, there. not from death. Wait, restored to life, but not from death. Then what the hell's the point of that sentence? It's healing. It's healing. I was trying to say it in a fancy way, like that says well, on the you jar. you failed, sir. Yeah, every time you say something in a fancy way, I lose the meaning of I, what you're saying. Yes, you're speaking so slowly that we think we are building to something, but it's just nonsense half the time. You've become a lot less intimidating. Raises his finger... Okay, put sure. the finger away. It's we talked a, about this. Look, look. It's, so it's effective. It's effective. It's very effective. How, how would you like to not move for the rest of your life? Ooh, scary. Scary. <laughs> Ooh, updos. They are. Okay, do not joke about updos. He pulls out what looks like a music box. 
Uh, it is inlaid uh, in brass. Uh, it has a mechanism that swings open. Whenever you open this box and the dancer inside starts to move, if you move it with the song within you, it will unlock any mechanism. If you move it with the song within you... You've got to sing. It works when you sing. It moves the dancer, and that dancer magically unlocks. But it can just be our things. favorite song. Like, my personal favorite is... You have to bear your soul through I, song. I learned this song off as a coach driver. I think Finnick is dancing from foot to foot there. I think he's interested. For instance... Mm, no, because if I was trying to open something up, then I would probably not want to be singing at full voice. For instance, this magical box I have over here that contains the sweetest chocolates in the room. Try to open it. Um bop boop a doop boop doop bop boop boop Ooh, the bookcases. Perhaps well it's only the only thing it's hiding is is the book, so that's fine. I yes, suppose. but now we can get back to it. Well it's still here on the on the table. Yes, but if we need to, like if you were not here. You want to hear this? Well, you wouldn't be able to get into this room in the first well, place. Well, we could with the box. But there's uh, this only opens locks. Personally, I'm more interested in the smoke thing. Well, uh, there's nothing for you. You got that dagger. What? Pat Najak gave you that dagger. What dagger? Oh, the dagger. I forgot about the dagger. <laughs> you remember the, the dagger of Ninja Vanish from the Ninja Vanish Empire? The stupidest empire what? in what? all they of history? What? They were very powerful. Wait, so our choices are the, the smoky thing... Uh, the the bomb that does exactly what I already do, and then this music box. I will say you can trade one item in for what's in the mystery box. I mean, I kind of like the bottle of smoke, because, I mean, sometimes I don't want people to see me. Well, the music box could be useful. We would like to trade in the uh, Fook bomb, because it replaces me. Yeah, the, the, the healing thing. We've already got enough healers. Mystery box, mystery it, box, mystery box. I am going to box. warn you, this might not be better. It might be worse. It might be the most wondrous thing you've ever seen. You pull out a fine-looking wooden box. It is oak. It has uh, some gold leaf on the top. So when you look inside, there is a brush. Uh, there are little pots. There are four of them inside. They look. It's a paintbrush, and these are little pots of paint. Uh, what is it? These pigments allow you to create three-dimensional objects by simply painting them in two dimensions. Ooh. Inanimate objects or doors, a pit, flowers, trees, the object or, or piece of terrain becomes that you paint it becomes real, non-magical. If you paint a door on a wall, there is an actual door there that can be opened to whatever's on the other side of the wall. Uh, Book, um, how good of a painter are you? Do you have any... I don't you, know. I don't remember ever trying. Uh, well, let's just see uh, your general artistic skill. Uh, Mulder passes him some paper from his diary and his pen and asks, draw something. Let's see how, how good you are. Fook draws a dick butt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this one might be better off with one of you. I will tell you that if someone takes a very close look at what you've painted, they will see that it isn't real, but they'd have to be looking very closely. I mean, wouldn't that also weigh in on how well it was painted? I mean, if I draw like a cat with vampire teeth and a purple tail, they might guess that's not real. It really depends on the person's ability to perceive reality. So uh, I'm a little uh, peeved at the moment. I'm just wondering... Uh, what does your little dagger do anyway? I, it, it hides me if I, if I stab someone. Oh. Yeah, from a second rate. 
Why didn't you use that earlier today? Because I totally forgot that I had it. Um, But why, since we all did the job for you, uh, are you denying us a fourth gift? Because you've got a gift already. Yeah, but from someone entirely different for a different reason. I'm a jerk. What? What? (laughs) What? 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 You're a jerk. No, you got it from a jerk. No, but you're being a jerk right now. <laughs> you're being you're being a big jerk right now. No, 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 I'm not. I'll take the paint. Thank you. I'll take the music box. I'll take the smoke so I can hide my shame. I feel like I would benefit from the smoke. I have a sneak attack. But you know what, Coney? I'm not doing anything nice for you. I'll keep on going along on your weird things, but I'm not saying anything nice about you anymore. Uh, to be fair, he doesn't do much nice for anyone. Here, Vinick, you can keep uh, Fuchs drawing of a dick butt. This isn't going to come alive is it no but i'll sign it well now i've got a tick butt (laughs) so you are going to agree to assist me we're still going to try and mitigate all of this mass death thing yeah but the city doesn't really seem to be working with us right now so i would not recommend turning in their chit for washing my windows yeah that doesn't seem like that's gonna you kind of missed the boat on. yeah that doesn't seem like it's gonna make up for the murder you mentioned Fook, some interest in tinkers? Oh, yes, I'm a gnome, and I tinker myself. I just haven't made use of it. Right, perhaps you could up at the Tink Tank. Tink Tank? They have something I need that I would like you to obtain. Are we going to have to kill more people? Why would you assume that it involved killing people? Because everything so far has. And it's because you have plans to mass murder thousands of people. No, I have plans that could result in the mass murder. It's either sex or death, and sometimes both. I'm gonna guess the lungs. Ooh, sorry. Let's look at the board. He creates a minor illusion of a of a game board. How do you like this, Finnick? Is this what you like? I'm going to guess a brain. Do I see the brain? Oh, damn it! Oh, sorry. Do I see the lungs? Ooh, that's two strikes. What's your final choice? Right, let's discuss as a team real quick. I'm, I'm, hands. I'm leaning, Tinkerers, I'm leaning hands. hard. I'm leaning hard. Hot. It's, it's, it's like the mechanism. Of the, it's the pump of the body. Anyone else have a vote? The sphincter. The heart. Final All right, answer. So your final answer is the heart. And we surveyed one mad scientist wizard. And the survey says the heart. Yes. Ooh. Do we win a fourth magical item? No. You can take the M&Ms with you. There's only the yellow ones left. I'll take those. I need you to go to the Tink Tank and retrieve the heart and try not to start any mass killings this time. I can't save you if you do. I'm looking at you, Maldar. I mean, I just, I hope I don't get carried away. Yes, and I'm looking at Finnick. All I do is make an interesting decision here or there. I will say that since you're... Wanted criminals, the only safe way for you to proceed is through the spider paths. <gasps> oh, it is a raisin. <laughs> this has been Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto comedians. Starring Oliver Giorgio as Finnick the Rogue, Joanna Houghton as Agatha the Cleric, Maddox Campbell as Maldar the Warlock, Scott Thrower as Fook the Paladin and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master. Audio recording by Andrea Miller, theme by Derek Baldwin, edited by Maddox Campbell, created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell. Opening and credits read by Ralph McLeod. Caverns and Comedians is a Kicks and Giggles production. More information can be found at kicksandgigglesentertainment.com slash cavernsandcomedians 
or on iTunes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and review it. Your support will help us make more episodes. Thanks for listening.